welcome everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Check the Mark. This is Mark Lucero. I have a really special guest today. It's the voice of tennis, the voice of the tennis channel, Steve Weissman. Steve does a lot of work, obviously, for Tennis Channel. He works for the NFL Network as well. His former job was at ESPN, where he wore many hats, did SportsCenter, did a bunch of their different individual sport coverage. Uh, Steve and I actually got to be friends at Wimbledon a few years back. We had a mutual friend, Parim Saripapat, also formerly worked at the Worldwide Leader in Bristol, Connecticut. Anyway, Steve now is a South Bay guy, short drive to the Tennis Channel Studios, short drive to the NFL Network, and uh, I run into him a lot in the hood. So anyway, before I get to Steve, I want to do a quick preview. This is for the Charleston Women's Event. Charleston usually benefits from a nice slot in the calendar right after Miami. They always get a really strong field. However, it's not just because of the calendar. It's because of the team that runs Charleston. The team of Bob Moran and Elnor Adams, they do such a good job year in, year out. They're one of the favorite staffs probably on tour of the players. And in the last couple of years, Ben Navarro's ownership group has come in and they've really helped take what was already a great event to the next level. There's a huge stadium renovation going on that's going to be ready for the 2022 edition. Family Circle Stadium, I believe it's called that still. They host concerts during the summer in addition to the tennis tournament that happens in the late spring. This year, the clubhouse court, the Althea Gibson court, will be the main court. Normally, it's kind of a grandstand version, but this year, that's actually it's actually a really intimate stadium. It's going to be the main court for what will be a bubbled event. I think they're just going to have some VIPs and some sponsors on site in addition to the players and their staffs, obviously because of the COVID pandemic that we're still trying to find our way out of. I'm really sad to miss Charleston. Obviously, I coached Shelby Rogers for five years, and that was one of my favorite stops year in, year out, just because of the food, and not just because of the food Shelby's mom made, which was fantastic, but because of the restaurants in downtown Charleston, the golf I got to play at the Daniel Island course, excuse me, the Daniel Island Club. There's two beautiful courses there, and Bob and his staff, they arranged the golf for us. We're all set. However, I think I'm more than made up for it by the amount of golf balls that I bought and then proceeded to lose at the course. Either way, I'm going to be tuning in all week on the Tennis Channel. I'm really bummed not to be in Charleston this year. Hopefully back there again in the future. Would love to see a men's event there also, by the way. Really quickly, touching on Miami, we've seen some great young players break through. Sebastian Corda, uh, Musetti from Italy, obviously Yannick Sinner from Italy. Man, such a good, strong group of Italian players. Sonigo, uh, Caruso is such a good group. Italy in the last few years really invested in the futures and challenger events, giving their players an opportunity to get points at home. That's paying off in spades right now. The The big story, too, on the men's side has been some of the labor issues that I'm going to touch on in a future episode. I have a really good guest lined up that we're going to dive into that with. Anyway, let's get to the interview with Steve Weissman after the break. Apologies in advance for some of the audio. There's a lot of ambient noise. We were on the strand in Hermosa Beach when we did this. Thought it'd be nice to get outside. It was a beautiful day. Anyway, uh, Steve Weissman coming up. Steve Weissman. <laughs> we're here in uh, our happy place, man. South Bay, yep. Hermosa Beach. We're sitting on the strand right now. We just hit some tennis balls. Thanks for coming on. Check the mark. Thanks for having me. Thanks. Thanks for hitting some balls. And uh, yeah, this is this is paradise. It doesn't. Ha- we just had paradise bowls. <laughs> Thanks for that. The old uh, peanut butter pipeline, and uh, you know, here we are on the beach on a Tuesday, 70 degrees, sunny, and life's great. 
but you mentioned we just had some balls. You know, I wanted to talk to you about that. You're one of the few guys that I've spoken with in my nascent broadcasting career, <laughs> you know, that comes from the TV side, that actually, you know, lets it known, lets it be known that they actually like to play tennis. You play a lot of tennis, and I was just wondering how, you know, your passion for the game and, and your journey in the game, you know, seeing you improve and seeing how much you've gotten better when we hit, how does that affect, you know, your, your work? How does it affect your commentary and your broadcast? Well, I think my commentary probably, or the commentary of Hall of Famers and, and coaches like yourself um, helped me on the court. But I mean, I've been playing tennis since I was seven or eight years old. Uh, it's the sport I was most proficient at. I played number one singles in high school and, and just never stopped playing. And um, I love it for exercise. I love it for sport. I love it to get outside and, you know, get some sun. And there's nothing like it to me. I just I absolutely love tennis. The sport has been so good to me in so many ways in terms of the relationships I've formed professionally. It's been amazing uh, to work at Tennis Channel now. and. Uh, going on my sixth year there and um, the people that I get to interact with on a daily basis is incredible. I mean, like I grew up, you know, watching these folks play and now they're like family and friends to me and um, I learned so much. And so whether it's, you know, watching the pros play, getting to be, you know, friends with certain players and getting to really get in the heads of, you know, Lindsey Davenport and Jim Courier and Paul Anacone and Andy Roddick now and, um, get their perspectives on the game I feel like I'm always learning and that helps me when I'm broadcasting as well as you know when I'm, when I'm out there hitting balls trying to trying to always improve what's the biggest thing behind your improvement obviously I've seen the backhand get a lot better I've seen you try a few different rackets <laughs> yeah yeah that's true <laughs> um on the biggest thing is, is getting out there. The, the more I play and, and, you know, the more I'm able to hit. Get the reps in. Yeah, I and mean, it's like anything else. It's practice, right? The 10,000 hours, I'm not able to play as much as I would like. Um, I would love to hit every day, honestly. Um, just because, for me, keeps me in shape. I mean, as opposed to, I mean, I love doing yoga, as you know. We, we both go to Soho Yoga in Hermosa Beach. We... I also like to lift, do, do all that. That's one of the reasons why I moved out here was just being able to be active and, and play tennis so much more. When I was in, living in Connecticut, it was, you know, maybe I could play once a year and that was indoors. Um, so it was brutal. I mean, I, I truly love the sport and I would rather hit, hit balls for three hours in a row than run on a treadmill for 20 minutes. Yeah, that makes sense. Me too, first of all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, got a, I got a cortisone shot over the winter and today was one of the first times when I felt like I could run into the corners like that we've hit. Okay. You know, where I could actually run and it felt fine, <laughs> you know, and where I could hit some overheads and it felt fine. And, you know, I, I was commenting to you after we, did, we were done hitting. It's just so, it's so fun to get out there sometimes, especially on a beautiful day like today and, and get a good sweat and have some laughs, you know. It really, it is. It's it's such a joy. Um, I'm so grateful, you know, to, to be able to hit with folks like yourself. I mean, to me, like, you know, you're a professional coach getting – getting to hit with you know Martina Navratilova or Lindsay Davenport or Tracy Austin I mean like it's so cool to me or Chanda Rubin the other day you know literally so she hadn't hit in a long time comes out to, to work out here at Tennis Channel and I've been kind of goading her to like bring her rackets bring her gear and so she finally did we go out and hit and afterwards I didn't you know I didn't know whether she'd want to hit again or not I'm like trying to not miss any balls and uh she's like let's play again tomorrow she's like i didn't you know like i don't want to play like once every couple months like i'm out here let's play again i was like really it's like all right i'll, I'll book another i like chandra Rubin wants to play with me again so um i don't know I, I feel so lucky to to be in this position to be able to uh, not only work and be friends with 
um, all these incredible individuals, but also, you know, be able to do something fun and that I love in terms of playing tennis. Well, the funny thing is, like, with that, you know, the anecdote about Chanda is it reminds me a lot of kind of just my own relationship with the sport is, you know, if you hadn't texted me yesterday about hitting, I wouldn't have hit today, you know? <laughs> and I'm so glad I did just because, you know, when you get out there and hit a few balls, it, for, you know, someone like me or, or those former players, it just reminds you of the simple joy of hitting, hitting that one ball well, you know? And then yeah. another ball, you know, hopefully as well or better, and it just keeps bringing you back. And listen, I'll, I for sure I'll admit, like I get frustrated when I'm out there when I miss balls, and you know, I, as I, we all do. Yeah, I, <laughs> I refuse to break rackets uh, just because you know I think they're very expensive, and I, I it's just not my policy. Like I, I'm all Rafa, you know, don't ever you know disrespect the equipment sort of thing. So, um, and I'm grateful that, I, you know, different companies have been able to give me some rackets. Um, so I'm not gonna break them and, and ask for more, but uh, but I'll scream and yell and curse and, and get super mad. But at the end of the day, I'm loving life. Like I always have that moment where, you know, I'll look around, like, oh, it's 70 degrees. It's a Tuesday. I'm, wor you know, I'm working later today, calling matches or hosting TC Live from Miami. And, you know, here we are, like what, who's got it better than us? <laughs> it's funny as you were as you were saying that it reminded me of the Fed Cup dinner that you emceed in Maui. USA against Germany. Yeah, and you gave Andrea Petkovic a shout out when you said you were on the court next door the day before. Yes, <laughs> yeah. that's right. With Kathy Rinaldi, and I, really? I just texted Kathy the other day. Another per like the fact that I, you know I, I just think it's like I said amazing to to have these relationships with such awesome people. And so it was Kathy's birthday, so I, I text her happy birthday, and she's like, oh, I miss you. You know, I haven't been, we haven't been able to see a lot of folks, not a lot of traveling. Um, and she's like, I miss, you know, hopefully the next time I'll be able to hit balls with you again, like we did in Maui. And I was like, yes, oh, that was so awesome. That was such a fun day. <laughs> so what are you, how are you feeling? You're going to go this weekend to Charleston. You're going to mm -hmm. cover Charleston on site, you know, yep. tennis ball or tennis channel, first ball to last ball. Yep. And you haven't been to a tournament since the French yeah. in October. How do you feel, you know, getting on a plane? How do you feel like going out there? Um, I'm okay with it. Uh, you know, I, it's, it's going to be exciting to be there. I, it's always, the energy of being at a tournament is different than calling a match in studio. So, and especially getting to interview the players. That's one of the things, first of all, Charleston is just such a top-notch. The best. Bob yeah, and Eleanor, I mean, I mean great Bob team. Moran, Eleanor Adams the best. Ben Navarro. I mean, they, they all do such a fantastic job, and they treat us so well, you know, from literally getting off the plane to anything that we want on site. It's going to be a little different this year because it's a bubble. Um, but knowing that it's their event i don't worry about that and also it's a smaller event it's just the women um so it has that intimate sort of feel to it obviously you know being friends with shelby and that's like her home event and she'll be there and you know some of the other players that i know so i'm looking forward to to being able to get back and interview players in person again because uh, i haven't been able to do that since paris and that was a little hit or miss in Paris because, you know, the restrictions were a little more there. We didn't have a ton of interviews. It was more just the Americans. Uh, we're hopefully here, you know, after every match, they'll, they'll come to our desk. And so that's something that I really enjoy is that aspect of it. You know, I do the play-by-play, -play, host TC Live, but I really love getting to interact with the players. That's where you learn about them. And then you get to use that when you're calling a match as well. I'm a big Fifth and Church guy ever since we went there a couple of years okay, ago yeah, in yeah. downtown Charleston. <laughs> One of my favorite restaurants now, it's uh, it's basically a church that was refurbished and there's just super cool design on the inside. Mm -hmm. I know you're more of a Halls chop house yep. kind of guy. <laughs> Love Halls. Have you checked as Halls deliver? Are they going to be able to make it to the hotel? 
I don't know yet. Uh, if they can, I know Bob will make it happen. But yeah, I mean, gee, that, that's the one thing that I'm a little bummed about because I love going to Halls. I love going to Fig. Fig, food is good. The food, I still want to go to Husk. I mean, Charleston does it when it comes to, you know, the foodie landscape. And as you know, just that that's one of the big things for me going to these tournaments. It's the tennis and it's the food. And that's why I love Charleston. I love Paris and New York and Indian Wells. But, you know, like that that's a big part of it for me getting when I was at Indian Wells two years ago and I got to literally have lunch with Wolfgang Puck in Spago and he cooked me uh you know his Wiener Schnitzel and like yeah. was like cutting it up for me and you know different glasses of wine and you know it's one of the experiences that I'll remember for the rest of my life so um hopefully Halls will deliver hopefully uh, Tommy listens to your podcast <laughs> and I'll be like, all right, I'll hook up to you. <laughs> so for a tennis fan who, yeah, who wants to go to Charleston or who wants to go to Indy Wells, or basically someone who's going to go back when fans have tournaments, if you could recommend three restaurants around the tour that are your okay. most hits, no matter what, can you narrow it down to just three? Yeah, I can. Uh, I, there's probably so many more, by the yeah, way. Yeah. But so I would say... I, we're on the Strand, so it's loud, uh, because it's a beautiful day. But I would say L'Avenue in Paris, number one. I mean, I li- there was one year that I literally booked my own hotel two block, and it was because it was two blocks from L'Avenue. Yeah. I wanted it walking distance to L'Avenue because I wanted to be able to eat there every night. Escargot. Escar. Well, they actually called snails. They okay. don't even call it escargot. It's the ex- uh, extraordinary snails, right? Okay, Six right, extraordinary yeah. snails. Yeah. So that's fantastic. There, their their Thai chili beef is amazing and then uh the baba cake uh so those are my three things they also have amazing cocktails as well but lavenue would be number one for me in paris then i would go um i mean do spago at indian wells literally because it's on you know it's on the main court so you get to watch the best players in the world while i mean for me it was with wolfgang puck nothing will ever come close to that nobu on on court one is amazing as well there So, so Indian Wells, that would be, I guess, two, and then Black Cod from Nobu. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Black Cod Nobu uh, Miso Miso Cod, miso right? Cod, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then the, the the crispy shrimp. Oh yeah. Um, and then they also have some amazing cocktails. And then I gotta go Halls in Charleston. Yeah. I mean, th- their steak is is the best. Um, they have this pineapple infused vodka drink that they that, that we love there, and. What else do they have there? I think they have the uh, the she crab soup, which is amazing, um, and then their des- desserts are fantastic. I mean, it's just like you can't go wrong with halls. It's going to be a great meal every time. Last question: Your impressions, 2021 Miami. We've seen a lot of you know a lot of new faces kind of breaking through to the later rounds so far, especially on the men's side. Mm-hmm. Who are the players to watch for you? Like maybe two men, two women, so far that you've seen kind of make moves this year and to follow through sort of the rest of the year, you know, looking at even the Olympic race or looking at, you know, as we go to the meet of the Grand Slam season. So the one that, the, as you're asking that question, stands out to me right away is Seb Corda yeah. on the men's side. I mean, 20 years old. I got to know him at Roland Garros when he made that run to the round of 16 there and, you know, beat John Isner there and, you know, qualified, beat Aslan Karatsev in the last round of qualities there. Who knew that Karatsev was going to become Karatsev? And, and Korda has just, he's got a great team around him. He is very measured and on the court and also very confident. Um, I love his approach to the game. I, I love his game. I think he's such a clean ball striker. He's going to get stronger. Um, and I think 
he could be the top-ranked American man by the end of this year, and he's going to be the guy. I mean, Andy Roddick says this, Jim Courier says this, so it's not, you know, like when I hear Andy say this, I'm like, all right, like I feel like maybe I know what I'm talking about. He's been to a place of uh, credibility. <laughs> right. yeah. Like this is going to be the guy. He's going to be top ten, yeah. and he's, he's going to win majors, and I, I'm no rush. Like whenever it happens, it'll happen, but it's going to happen. I mean, from... I, lo- I love how he how, how he gives so much um, love to his mom because everyone's yeah. like, oh, Peter, Cor-. and Peter's great, right? Yeah. He's a Grand Slam champion, but his mom Regina was a top twenty six player, had some injuries, so that's why you know she couldn't um, keep playing. But she was the one that formed his game, you know, and was was with him when he was developing his strokes. And obviously, his sisters are are, are champions golfers, in yeah. golf, so he's got an incredible support system, and uh, so he's a guy on the men's side Andre Rublev would be another one this year that I'm just incredibly impressed by and I like I I like his personality I like how he approaches things um and then on the women's side I'm a huge BB Andreescu fan and to have her back on tour I said at the beginning of the year if she's healthy she's gonna have the most match wins on the WTA obviously if she's healthy but we just saw last night with her beating Muguruza and it was the first match to me that it that was the old BB you know, yeah. like the shot making, the variety, you know, the passion that really she brings to the court. Points. And she's, but you know, and and those that's how her matches go. But she wins those matches. Yeah. Um, she's thirty one and one in North America since twenty nineteen, and the only loss mark was when she had to retire in Miami that year to Contivate. So basically, you know, thirty one and like she, yeah, doesn't, she doesn't lose, lose. when she plays. <laughs> so and and it's so entertaining to watch to me. Like that that's somebody that that I'm paying to go see. Um, but I also am, am excited that that Muguruza is back to the level yeah. that she's had in the past because I think she's a very entertaining player as well. So those those would be my two, I guess, on the women's side. Um, there's so many though. I mean, it, you know, obviously you got to throw Coco Goff in anytime she sure. plays. Uh, I'm, I'm excited to see her progression just turned 17 years old and you know there's no other 17 year old in the world in tennis doing what she's doing yeah. she's a she's 100%. a one of one she's a prodigy and whatever happens happen like I don't take a lot of negatives from her losses I take a lot of positives from her victories right so I don't know how you approach those kind yeah, of that things but that's, that's a good way of putting it because obviously the, the matches she loses she oftentimes gets ex- games parts of her game get exposed I think and usually when you see her at the next tournament, those areas have gotten better. Right. And a lot of times, you know, if a player wins or has too much success too early, those things kind of get glossed over. Mm-hmm. I think there's there's certain players I can think of off the top of my head that are an example of that. But I think, yeah, I think that's a good way of, um, of processing or framing the context for when she plays. Because a lot of folks, they're always like, oh, like, you know, you're, you're hyping these folks up too much and you're putting too much pressure on them. I, I, I disagree with that. I, I think because she is extraordinary. If you're extraordinary, there is going to be attention placed on you. And that's a great thing to be extraordinary. There's not many humans in the world that are extraordinary at what they do. So if you are, you're, you're gonna be the, whether you're the best pianist in the world, like people know who you are, right? right. The best singer or the best tennis player, golf, whatever it is, if you're a prodigy, if you're extraordinary, that comes to you. And I think those folks thrive in that environment. And uh, she's no different in that. So that's why on the one end, I'm like, you're 17. If you lose, that's fine. Like, nobody's doing what you're doing anyways. But when you do those amazing things that nobody else in the world is doing, yeah, we're going to talk about that more than anything else because of the fact that you're the only one. Dude, Steve Weissman, (laughs) dropping the knowledge. Thanks, man. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me, Mark. Anyway, that's it. It's been another great episode of Check the Mark. I'm Mark Lucero. Find me on Twitter. Find me on Instagram. 
at Mark Lucero, M-A-R-C, that's Mark with a C. Let me know what you thought of the show. Let me know what you want to hear coming up. As always, subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. That's how we're going to get this show out there. We're going to try to keep building this thing. Follow Steve Weissman, too, at Steve Weissman. He'll be providing a lot of behind-the-scenes uh, on Instagram, I'm sure, from Charleston. First ball, last ball. I'll be tuning in. Can't wait to watch. And looking forward to the clay. That's my co-host, Isabella. It's about to be nap time. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye.